All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Guys Weekend Podcast. I am Josh Tenney, along with, as always, the beautiful beard, the sheen that comes off that is just magnificent. Well, there's Brandon there's Park. actually there's actually two beautiful beards here today. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, uh, you heard you heard the intro. Uh, we have the person who is uh, the creator of that intro, Mr. Uh, Randy George. Woo! What's going on? I hope you guys are digging that. Oh yeah, it sounds yeah. sounds so good. It's awesome. Cool, cool. Definitely glad you guys dig it, man. Oh yeah. You were talking a little bit before we uh, got on here. You said you went to the corn show last night. Yeah, yeah, it was a, an amazing show, man. Really, really cool. First show in two years. So uh, that was oh damn, that was awesome, man. Yeah, well, yeah, That's, you know, COVID there hasn't been much going on, so right. Did you have to do anything wild to get into the the show or strip no, search, no, cavity search? They let you <laughs> in. <laughs> it kind of feel like it's going that way, right? Yeah, um, but no, um, uh, they didn't require it at this show. Uh, I think starting October fourth, Live Nation will require um, either vaccination card or. Um, Negative test, I believe, within 48 or 72 hours. Right on. Yeah. I'm actually going to, uh, well, me, my uncle, and his old lady, my old lady, we're going to go see Shine Down and Theory of a Dead Man on Monday. Oh, nice. So Where's be, that at? Our, uh, Camfield Fairgrounds. Cool. It's kind of kind of out of the way, but um, I seen Shine Down years ago. And I told Maggie, I said, hey, if they ever come around here again, I'm like, Let's get tickets and go. And they, they were like 38 bucks. I'm like, huh, I'll be there. Can't beat that. Hell no. Josh, whatever happened with uh, the concert you were supposed to go to? Next year. Holy shit. Next, uh, I believe it's July 23rd or something like that. So the, I, I'm, I'm happy. They changed the, the play date to a uh, Friday so I don't have to worry about going into work fucking hung over the next day <laughs> yeah it was nice about the corn shows last night so yeah i got to got to sleep in today man. <laughs> oh yeah well, Brent, Brent, did you see uh brent smith hurt his hand playing basketball the other day <laughs> so, really yeah oh so great. hopefully that doesn't uh hopefully not hinder any performances what yeah, show was not. what show are you going to uh, the, uh, Motley Crue Def Leppard. Oh, nice. Concert next year. So, um, taking my mom, she's a big Def Leppard fan. She's never seen them in concert. So I figured it'd be pretty nice to, pretty nice to go do with my mom and dad. Very, very cool. Oh yeah. Should be a blast. So uh, if you, uh, if Randy here has a, uh, goes, does some live videos on Facebook every once in a while, just him just riffing. And it is impressive because I don't have any of those type of talents myself. (laughs) (laughs) So anytime I see somebody that had the, has the pay that had the patience to learn a craft like that, it, I I just watch in amazement. Well, thank you. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. Um, I'm glad people enjoy it, you know, so uh, it's been Uh, nice getting on, uh, reacquainted with some of the old riffs i mean a lot of the songs that i've recorded so far have been stuff that i played and learned you know when i was 15 16 you know into my 20s um you know and i had kids and you know kind of put everything on a back burner you know but uh so it's been fun relearning a lot of those songs and playing recording them and um now you have people come up to me you know my buddy's bar are like, hey man, aren't you that guy on Facebook playing <laughs> playing guitar? You know, so who's that who's cool, that first man. influence for you that got you wanting to really Jones in the play the guitar? Um man, I don't I think first it was just getting into the music. Um and I I think for me it was here in Van Halen nineteen eighty four. Um I was eleven when it came out and um it just blew me away, you know, hearing Eddie Van Halen and, and uh, well, the whole band actually. But um, 
I think that's what got me started. And then, you know, from there, I got into Molly Crew, ACDC, Black Sabbath, and all of those, and Zeppelin. Um, but then I heard Metallica about four years later, and um, that was it for me. I was like, man, I got I to gotta, I gotta play, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. So, so that that was it, man. It, it, you know, uh, it was Van Halen who got me into everything, and then, and then Metallica wanted me to, it got me to actually start playing, so... I heard a. Uh, I was listening to a podcast one time, and they had a, uh, a guitar player from like uh, Blackfoot on one time, and he was talking about when he saw Eddie Van Halen for the first time in like this dive bar. They they were just starting out, and he said that uh, Eddie would just would play to with his back facing the audience because he didn't want other guitarists in the crowd that were watching him. No, he didn't want them to know how he was doing the riffs and how he was changing the chords and stuff like that. Because he yeah. had a distinct Eddie. Eddie was one of those guys that had a distinct sound that you knew when he was playing the guitar. That was Eddie Van Halen on the guitar. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've read that story before. Um, you know, he, he was worried about other guys, you know, starting to rip him off and whatnot. Um, but little did he know that's that's nearly impossible to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um he, only he, he can do what he did and, and sound the way he does i mean yes there's many other guitar players who uh, uh who can play um very well you know like steve vi joe satriani i don't know if you guys know who those two are but um you know he, he still had his own his own way of playing you know what i mean nobody can really ever emulate that i feel oh absolutely yep but uh yeah i don't know have you guys ever heard of satriani or steve Vai or listen to any of of their music i've heard of satriani i don't i don't know if i've ever actually listened to anything from them um look them up um actually flying in a blue dream album from satriani and passion and warfare from steve Vai. um amazing albums just Crazy guitar playing, man. Um, actually, uh, Saturani taught Steve Vai. Um, and actually, uh, Kurt Cameron from Metallica took lessons from Saturani way back in the day. Wow. Um, you know, when yeah. he started. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely look those guys up. You won't be disappointed. Oh, yeah. Definitely have to put that in there. I'll say, like, man, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, 80, 80s rock going into the nineties, anything after like two thousands really hard for me to listen to. I just think there was just a different sound. It felt like that you could still do new stuff in the eighties and nineties. And then, you know, two thousands, you get people just trying to copy sounds or they went, they went a little bit more, you know, pop in their sound. And uh, me and Brandon actually had a discussion about that. Um, one of the earlier podcasts about um, you don't hear rock in mainstream on mainstream radio anymore, you know, which is, which is sad, man. Cause it, I, I don't, I don't like the, I, I don't believe there's any like heart in pop that you hear. It's all, you know, that, that club sound that they want to get. Um, it, I'm one of those guys that, I'm not a, I'm not a screaming metal kind of guy. I'll listen to it when I'm like in the gym or something working out. Uh, but like, I just, I'm, I really dig when the, when the, the vocals and the instrumentals make that harmony together, you know, like I'm, I'm just a music fan altogether. Like I'll listen to just about, just about anything, but like there's something different about rock. Like, um, if you, especially if you want like, you know, real early, early on and like where, where I started like really thinking and listening to hearing to the lyrics is like the Eagles. I thought they were really, they're one of those bands that are really good at it. And then you get to like, if you want to, we go to like late eighties where, uh, with Metallica and stuff, they kind of, with their own sound, did the same thing, telling a story in a, in a song, which you know, it's something that I, I really hone into when it comes to rock music. Right. I mean, a lot of that's been lost. I feel, um, 
you know, with pop and everything, but um, pop to me has always been, it's on average, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but on average, a lot of pop hits are written by at least four people, if not six or more. Um, you know, there's, there's times where there'll be 10 people credited for a pop song and none of them will be the artist that actually sings the song. That That's um, always wild to me that they, you know, you're, yeah. you're chasing and seeking fame off of somebody else's, you know, that you had 10 people sit around in a room and said, eh, all right, let's just throw this together and see if it sounds right. And right. hopefully they can perform it the way that's, that's what I never understood is like, how can you, uh, a brain trust sit down and write a song and just go, this is what it should sound like when you're not really, you're, you're not making any sound. You're just, you're writing lyrics and then you just got to hope you find the right sound. It's well, like, oh, I mean, man. you know, the guys that are writing that have, have written you know, who yeah. knows how many, you know, they have a formula and, you know, they stick by it and it works for them. You know, um, uh, well, I'm not into pop, never have been, but, um, you know, there's, you know, you go to what you guys said about, uh, um, you know, it seems like everything's been written. You know, you didn't like a lot of stuff and brand or, uh, Josh was saying like a lot of stuff that's coming out after 2000 or, you know, things like that. But even before that, um, almost everything's been written, you know, once already, every guitar riff, every bass line, every vocal, um, every chorus, um, you know, it's all been written. So uh, for as long as things have, you know, people have been writing music, they've, you've always borrowed from what has already been out. Um, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, outright stealing a full song, um, but. Just little things here and there. Every, to, yeah, everybody, every artist, yeah, yeah, every artist, um you know, takes inspiration forever. from somewhere. Right, right. May take like, uh, you know, one bar from a riff, but they change the last three bars. You know what I mean? And make mm -hmm. it their own. They tweak you, it a little. Huh? They, they tweak it a little to make it their own. So it's it, just not, exactly. Yeah. Yes, it, yes. Imitation so, is the best form of flattery. It, right. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, as far as that goes, you know, everything's been written as far as I'm concerned. Um, you, you just have to put your own twist on it, you know? Yeah. What do you think the, uh, the future of music is going to look like? I mean, how, how long can they, how long before the genre of rock really takes a, a, a dive? I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, you know, a lot of people say it's dead and, you know, um, somebody's always going to, you know, remake something or make it their own way for people to love it again. Um, you know, that's just like heavy metal. Um, everybody, th you know, thought 20 years ago it was dead, you know, but there's always an underground of bands who are, are never really um, given the recognition that they deserve uh, because of the way the music industry is, you know, um, I have a friend of mine, he's in a band out in San Francisco. Uh, we used to jam together when we were high school. Um, he's been out there for uh, probably close to 20 years now, putting his fourth album out with his band, um, oh, Boy wow. Called God. And, um, you know, they, they were uh, uh, released on Slip Trick Records, I think, his last album. Uh, it's called Social Evangelism. Um, hmm. It's a great album. Um, you know, uh, but uh, he's been out there and he's told me some things about, you know, the music industry that's almost made you sick, you know, just um, how much money the large corporations, you know, take from from bands. I mean, I know this isn't a, um, a new story, you know, there's bands right. constantly, you know, saying how they got screwed over by, by the record company and whatnot, and, you know. A lot of bands, they don't even make a dime, you know, the first five or six albums. Um, you know, so it's hard to say where it's going to go from here, man. I, I feel like the large corporations like iHeartRadio just, you know, basically kills everything else. You know, I made a post on Facebook a couple months ago 
saying I never listen to terrestrial radio anymore because you know you put on DVE or EX, and almost every time I put on one of them and there'll be a Pearl Jam song on, then I put over EX and they're playing the same song and it's like, look, don't get me wrong, I like Pearl Jam, but yeah. Come on, man. You know, I've heard the same thing with Nirvana. You know, they're playing the same song or, or even just playing Nirvana on both stages at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, you know, they've made their money. You know, come on, put some other Absolutely. bands on there. Give, give other bands a chance, you know. I talked about this with Brandon, too. They're um, on uh, Ozzy's Boneyard on uh, Sirius. Yeah. I think it's like, I think Friday nights, uh, Chris Jericho hosts a... Uh, show on there where he introduced new new bands um and that's a that's a pretty big platform there uh to to introduce new bands so i i I dig stuff like that do you think with the um this is one of the things that i think like new technology and all the all the different outlets you have today uh make is it's very artist friendly um if you can if you can get understand the uh the the marketing you need to do and uh that i think it's very easy for new artists coming in to make money now because there's so many different platforms you can play your music on uh today than there was you know 10 15 20 years ago i definitely agree with that and um you know I, i guess what i meant to say before was um you know the days of bands breaking into the mainstream and becoming rich or millionaires from overnight sensations is pretty, yeah, it's pretty much gone. Um, I mean, unless, you know, you're, uh, somebody that likes, you know, Sony entertainment or whatever, let's say a big, a big record company, they see somebody who's talented singer and they decide they're going to turn them into a pop star and they get, 10 writers in there to do it. You know what I mean? They have all that money to back them to do that. Um, but yes, right now it is probably the best time for any artist or band um, to make a living. You know what I mean? Yeah. They might not be rich from it, but they can definitely make a good living for themselves if they do everything themselves, you know what I mean? And really watch you know, what contracts they sign with what record companies and, and, you know, just being smart about, you know, that kind of or, or not that kind, but being smart about your contract and things like that. So I definitely agree. Yes, you can definitely make a good living, um, you know, marketing yourself. I would say the dream now is where the dream, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s was hopefully that a record company would discover you. But I think now it's um, with a lot of artists being able to go on, like create their stuff on like TikTok, YouTube, put their put their own videos and stuff out there. You know, you almost have like a little bit of a leverage when, when those record companies come to you after seeing your stuff, especially if you're getting like if you if you're one of those ones that can get like, you know, 500,000 views off of off of one one of your songs and stuff you know i think you have you hold a lot of leverage over record companies today where you can kind of like almost almost you know write your own check absolutely um you know i could definitely see that um and that would be a to me that would be a very tough decision if you are approached then by a large company because to me it just speaking for me, if, if that was the case and I was able to have, you know, 500,000 listeners and, and, you know, doing well on my own, I'm not sure I'd want to sign with, you know, a larger company, you know what I mean? Because uh, things can happen and you can end up, you know, losing rights to you know, your songs, you know what I mean? Things like that. So, I, um, yeah, you'd have some leverage, um, but in, for me, I'm not sure I would move forward with that. You know, if you're already doing well on your own, I mean. But yeah, yeah that's right. that's the that's the big thing with record companies, though, and artists. And the artists, it you don't get you don't get to keep the the rights to your songs and stuff, which 
if you can if you can pull that off and make a deal, then I guess you do have the power. But yeah, like I guess dude, there are a lot of there are a lot of smaller um, companies out there, uh, privately owned companies that will um, go out there and uh, pay for you know ad advertisements and stuff like that for you, so you can kind of make your money that way. I just, it's a I, I don't I don't know how the uh, record companies honestly survive in the future with all the different outlets you have today. Right, right. Well, a lot of the contracts, uh, especially the bigger companies um, that try to sign with artists, are uh, three sixty deals, which means they get a chunk out of everything you do and mm-hmm. sell your merch your your touring your your downloads you know sales everything um and you know that's that's killed a lot of it too i feel because um you know because of that you know it used to be the bands go on tour and merch was theirs you know yeah. whatever they sold you know every t-shirt they got every dime of it that's a lot of um, revenue yeah yeah but now you know they get they get a share of it. I don't know what percentages. You know, obviously, they'd be all different for a different band. But you know, um, that's I think it's one reason that my my buddy, you know, he tries to just do one record deal with one company per album. Like he doesn't sign multiple album deals. Um, you know, he pays for his band pays for all the recording um, and themselves the production. They get everything recorded, and then they start submitting to record companies, and they take the best deal for that album. You know what I mean? So I think that's a smart way to do that's it. A, yeah, that seems very like like you're playing it safe, but you're you're almost guaranteed to have it because it's like if you sign over with somebody larger, you know, you're going to start losing those creative liberties or freedoms that you have for that. And it's like, well, now you have to do something like this or have to do something like that. So, right, it, it seems like that's the best of both worlds to where you're you're kind of guaranteed to at least make your money back and then have a little extra whereas you're not just gambling on hey can i promote myself enough to bring in the revenue that i'm hoping for that i'm looking for that you know somebody else has or et cetera et cetera so right right it seems like the the way to go yeah yeah and you know also i mean i don't know this for sure but if i know patrick he um those deals would definitely leave him with uh him and his band with the rights to all the songs, you know what I mean? That's even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. That's key because, you know, moving forward, if he wants to do anything with any of his past catalog, he owns it, you know what I'm So yeah, um, that's, that's another huge point for any artist. In my opinion, is if you sign over those rights to a record company, you know, yeah, you might get a nice chunk up front, but what happens, uh, you know, 20 years down the road, you still don't have, royalties from that because you don't want to own it mm-hmm. you know what i mean um yeah long term may not be the best option you know but um you know I, I don't i don't claim to be expert in any of this you know i've read many books um you know on the music industry and things like that but you know it changes so fast um especially now you know it's hard to keep up but ultimately you just really artists just need to be smart, you know, with every move that they make, um, as far as that goes, you know, especially starting a publishing company would be a big one. Um, you start your own publishing company and publish it yourself. And you know what I mean? You can't, if you release something on YouTube, I don't know this for sure, but, uh, I believe they are the publisher. Yeah. Um, is that, am I correct yeah, in saying that? I, I do believe that is correct. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, I don't know where that falls uh, as far as, you know, any type of royalties or anything like that. Um, you know, I haven't read up on that, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just know that it, it falls under them and it's all their contractual obligations to basically screw you over. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get something good out of it, obviously, but. Now, it, uh, I believe all it really does is like, so if you do a live show on YouTube, you know, obviously there's nothing that you can do, but once you uh, put it in your library, they have full range to put ads anywhere 
in the in the video or anything like that to kind of so they make money off of it. I think that the 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 product's still yours. It just gives them a revenue stream to be able to put ads and stuff in there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I haven't I haven't researched that part of it. Um, you know, I've only started learning about you know publishing and um, you know releasing your own stuff uh, by your publishing company, and also especially for music, you have to be a member of either ASCAP or BMI um, so that they can track your royalties. Um, you know, you get a number. And then all of your stuff is, you know, attached to that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's about all I know as far as you know. I know. I know YouTube and yourself, Twitch. They they, they crack down YouTube and Twitch. We stream like video games and stuff on. Uh, they crack down heavy if they hear more than fifteen seconds of a song that isn't like if you don't put it in the there or anything right. like that. They they slap you pretty hard for that. But I do know that. Um, you have a little bit more control over like what you can do when you put things on YouTube. So uh, it's a little bit more free range if you want to put your own stuff out there and, and tweak it to your advantage and, and your ad running and all that stuff like that. So there's right. Right. It seems like they're making it user friendly. You know, if you wanted to publish your own things and put it out there, but I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's a back end there that things we don't see or I haven't looked into anyway. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, there's a good good stream if you're a, a creator anywhere. You know, I think I read somewhere that um, you don't if you're if you're a writer, you don't even need to go to a big uh, publishing company for to get your book published. You can if you got sixty bucks in your pocket and you can do do the you can do get the cover art created. You can get your book out for distribution for all for sixty bucks, and then there's there's third party uh, distribution that will pay you. They'll, they'll just they'll print on demand for you. Oh uh, yeah. So it doesn't cost cost you anything up front. Yeah, I know that. That's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Hmm. So like this is one of the this is like the best time in the world to be like an entrepreneur and and creating Creative. content creation. You know, it's it's. It's really, it's, it's odd, but it's kind of, this is, this is one of those things and I hate technology. This is one of the things that technology <laughs> is like, like it's, it, it, it's really in favor of. I think no last doubt. year had, had a lot to do with that. And I, I feel like more people, you know, flooded the internet with how to videos on how to just do things on your own. And it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. The, it's not really that hard to create content, you know, for certain outlets and stuff like that. And. Uh, it's definitely booming, and I think it's going to continue to grow. Uh, I definitely see, you know, more things coming, more streaming platforms, more things to be able to, you know, put out music or, or small films and, and stuff like that. Places, blogs and vlogs to, you know, books and, and all that stuff. It's going to be interesting to see what, you know, a lot of people come up with. It, I think it's just cool that, you know, there's a lot of people that use, you know, like Kickstarter and stuff like that to, you know, crowdsource a lot of this stuff. Hmm. which is pretty neat too. And if you've got a really good idea and they, uh, they make it happen, it's pretty neat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But technology, sure. technology can still be a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm going to get all my, I'm going to get all my crowdfunding on, uh, only fans. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. There you go. <laughs> How's your new, uh, show concept coming along? You guys, uh, you've been working on that or, we, I, I, I think I've given up on doing the the main editing on it. I'm just gonna let it flow raw, and then just put some graphics up and shit. So, I got, I just got to get enough time. You know how it is. I, I switch jobs, and then I got two kids, and I got a wife, and you know, every everyone needs a little bit of time. Oh yeah, with me, you know. I, yeah, I'm going to attempt to try to look more into it, um, to be able to you know have live shows and put things up i've edited videos before from like gopro from paintballing and four-wheeling and just doing stupid shit in the backyard so i know a little bit about it i don't know enough to make it look real fancy um but like josh said time time is the big thing there and yeah balance balance in life is very very difficult to achieve (laughs) my whole goal in life is not to have to pay for uh therapy for my kids when they get older (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not sure that's avoidable, man. (laughs) (laughs) So me and Brandon talked on a previous uh, episode about the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees for this year. I, I found it unique. Um, you know, I, I, I've said before, I take the, the term rock and roll hall of fame very literally. Uh, if you're not in that genre, I don't believe you should be in there. Um, uh, they got people, uh, going in like Missy Elliott this year, Jay-Z. Oh, that was last or no, that's this year, right? Yeah, that's this year. Um, it, it seems it, it seems weird to me for for a Hall of Fame that is supposed to be catered to a specific genre. You're putting in, you know, hip hop and rap into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which uh, it it kind of defeats the purpose of having it called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to me. Right. No, I I, I do agree with that. I mean, I, I mean that's a tough one just because. I, I think maybe when they created that name, um, that they knew that it was going to be all encompassing as far as genres, but I don't think they realized that we all expected it to be rock and roll. You know what I mean? Just yeah. rock. Um, we took it so as they're sticking sh- to the name and, and nobody else is allowed kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that what they were, you know, what their overall goal was in naming it that, I, I have no idea. Um, but, I mean, you know, there, there's bands that, that people say, you know, they're not metal, um, and then other people say they are metal. Yeah. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. You yeah. know what I mean? Some people may consider what all the bands that are in there rock and roll. Uh, so I guess it's just all in perspective. But, um, you know, I don't even watch – uh, it's been it's just like the Grammys, you know. I haven't watched the Grammys in years because I just I just think it's a crock. Um, uh, it's all it's all about album yeah. sales and shit. They're, they don't they don't care about the music, right? Right. Um, was, but yeah, it's just, just go ahead. I, I was just reading this uh, this quote here from the chairman of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This diverse class of talented inductees reflects the Rock Hall's ongoing commitment to honor artists whose music created the sound of youth culture. That makes sense to me as to why they would add, uh, Jay-Z, LL Cool J, um, Missy Elliott. That was a huge chunk of, nineties uh, hip hop. But then again, this is, uh, the rock and roll hall of fame, not the hip hop hall of fame. So right. Agreed. It's, well, and it's not just an all encompassing artist. Hall of Fame. It's not a musician Hall of Fame or, or whatever. I mean, and maybe I, that's what it should be called. Yeah, you know, yeah. really. Yeah, like it. I, oh man, people would be up in arms if they they voted to change the name. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it it makes sense though. Or if you maybe added on to it, and you you know, instead of just pissing people off, throwing people in there saying you know these guys aren't musicians and this and that, and it's like. <laughs> Now here's where I have a bit of well, a, get a not rock and roll, argument but... with with all this. There, the, I, I'm looking through the list of rock and roll hall of famers, and I don't see a whole lot of country artists in here. If you're gonna all encompass the and the music as a whole, why aren't we? I mean, Johnny Cash is in there, but he was more they that outlaw country was like a, a like a precursor to rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I haven't looked at you know, a, a lot of the bands that are in there or artists that are in there. Um, but yeah, if it's, in my opinion, if you're going to put, um, you know, hip hop in the rock hall, then yes, country should be, you know, country artists should be in there. And, um, and for that matter, so should jazz, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like they're just kind of they're trying to do. It seems like they're taking small steps to eventually implementing all genres of music instead of just jumping. If you open the floodgates to all genres of music, that the list of whatever it is, fifteen people that are going in there could now jump to forty. 
And it's like, well, now you're going to have people that are upset with, you know, these were notable mentions. It's just kind of like the, the pro football hall of fame. You know, you have thousands of players that can be inducted, but Hey, we got to narrow it down to 15. So I think that by them keeping it centered around rock and roll and then slowly going into hip hop, it's kind of like the, the, they're dipping their toe in it just to see, all right, well, this kind of worked. It kind of didn't work or, you know, Hey, maybe I think it would just be easier if they came out and said, Hey, we're going to take five from each genre a year, you know? And then, and then you have 15 people that are up to be inducted, let the votes go. And I, the voting for that's just kind of, it's always been wonky to me that, you know, the fan vote is only, only counts as what two votes towards the Mm -hmm. whole thing. And you can have, you know, thousands of people voting for it. I think they need to have a whole category on, you know, let the fans vote it in instead of these, you know, 15 people or however many people it is that, you know, vote on them. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just looking through even... this list right now, and I I do not see anybody. I mean, like, the people that are in here that you would pro- might consider countries, like, 50s and 60s, you know, that would still have that, like, rock, that rock vibe and, like, the outlaw country. That's it. There's nobody in here from from, like the eighties, nineties in, in country, you know, Garth Brooks isn't in the rock and roll hall of fame. That's odd too. See, I mean, you can't even go by, you can't even say that they're going by record sales. Then, right. Oh, yeah. right. Cause Garth yeah. Brooks is as like the, I mean, he, he had a, he had probably the best 12 year streak of any, any artist in the, in the nineties. Right. Right. And so that, I really can't say what what they use to decide who's gonna be in or who's gonna be nominated. You know what, what I mean? Be? It's almost it's almost like they just have a bunch of names on a wall or it, something. It's like, a, it's like a it's like a it's like a bingo wheel, and they just pluck out the balls. <laughs> and they're like, all right, cool. This is what we got. Do you think it would be easier if they based it on um, those those categories, like, uh, or, or did it by decade? And said, we know we'll take two bands from each genre from seventy five to eighty five, or or keep it keep it easy seventies to eighties, and they did it that way. I think that would probably be easier than just picking and plucking. Right, right. Yeah, I don't. I'd like to know how they come up with the nominees. I really would. <laughs> Does it say anything on it, what you're reading? Yeah. So this. One of the only things on here that it, that it said is you have to uh, to be eligible. You have to have a record. Your first record had to be put out twenty five years prior to induction, um, and that's really all I'm seeing on here. It doesn't really say anything else. That's huh. that's that's a pretty vague, vague thing. I don't know. I just I don't know. I just find it, I do. That's very interesting. I I didn't know until you just said that there weren't hardly any country bands in there. I mean, I'm not a country fan. But the fact that every other genre is represented for the most part, yeah. they they do have jazz in there. They got they got the Louis Armstrongs in there and and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and then country is really the only one that's not. Listen, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just lost my my feeling of them being <laughs> incredible. They they still have Phil Spector in the in their Hall of Fame, and that guy is a murderer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah um... Yeah, pretty sure he probably should have been removed. <laughs> yeah. So let's see, eighty three. Yeah, it literally just says because I I, I told like I told Brandon I'm 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 okay with like Tina Turner going in. You know, yeah. for that for that era, um, she was a little bit more. You know, she was the 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 queen of rock. That was her. That was her mantra. You know, uh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, that was a. I, I believe that was a good one. Um, and if you're so, going by entrepreneurship, all right, I'll go with Jay Z. <laughs> you know, there's no smarter entrepreneur out there. Like he didn't make his money off of music; he made his money off of entrepreneurship. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this says here, uh, besides the 25 years after the release of their first recording. Uh, the foundation's nominating committee is made up of rock historians, select nominees each year in the performer category, who are then voted upon in an international body of some 500 rock experts. Those nominees with the highest vote total and more than 50% of the total vote 
are inducted, five to seven performers being chosen each year. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about how people are being criticized because, you know, that exactly what we just said um, and whether or not they're going to, whether or not they can include uh, early influ influencers on rock, sidemen, supporting musicians, non-performers, such as, you know, entrepreneurs, producers, DJs, and, and that's it. So I guess it's it's literally just... I feel cast. like it. I feel like it'd be like if the NFL or if, if the Pro Football Hall of Fame decided to induct Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's, that's what I equate it to. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very odd. It just seems like there's a there's a. I want to know who's on this panel. Like, who are these some 500 rock historians? You know, they, they don't name them. Right? No, it's just a random pool of people, apparently. It's the 19-year-old TikTok celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Seriously. band? <laughs> Seriously, it's probably three guys, and, and they're the ones that run Warner Brothers, Universal, and Sony, right? Yep. Yeah. yep. <laughs> well, I, I also talked to Brandon, too. I mean, the list of inductees for this year is 20. How can you, when you start, if you start inducting 20 20 artists or 20 bands a year you're gonna eventually start running out of shit aren't you you would think yeah yeah <laughs> but you, you don't need you don't even give the genre enough time to kind of rebuild itself and <laughs> crank out a couple of a couple new stars you know so right. it was a there was originally four categories performers non-performers early influences and lifetime achievements um but it, I don't understand how any of those people in there consider that. Like, I guess I, mean, I didn't see a whole it, lot it of sense. record producers or you know, yeah, uh, writers and stuff, and that going in this year. Uh, well, they get all the Grammys. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's the all Grammy is is just a expensive paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty you can much. tell those award shows don't even matter because they they lose their uh, they lose viewership by like twenty five percent every year. Oh, did you uh, did you guys? I think it was the Academy Awards. Um, I never watch any of the award shows, honestly. Um, the only one that I did watch, and I'm not even sure if they still have it, is uh, Revolver Magazine Golden Gods Awards. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, it's mostly all metal bands, but it's 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 great. Um, but uh, what I was going to say about the, um, I think it was Academy Awards, uh, Mudvayne reunited for you know they're they're doing a tour, and um, they played live at the Academy Awards. You should have seen some of the faces. on <laughs> on these <laughs> actors face. it was incredible it was awesome man i mean a lot of them were clapping they were excited but the ones who had no clue were just like what is this one of these things do not belong <laughs> and it was awesome <laughs> uh that's what the, that's what i want to say i want i want to see like uh five finger death punch get up there at the at the but Oscars, they, just let them come out, just like normal normal dudes, like dressed in suits, just yeah, you know, all yeah. done up real well, and then they just fucking rock it out. Oh, that'd be looking, great. Looking like that, uh, that like nineteen ninety five band. What was that one with the slick back hair? And they all showed up in like suits and shit. Did a lot of like like the the clueless soundtrack and shit. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Can't think of that. <laughs> have, have five fingers show up, just decked out like that. That'd be Some so Velcro cool. suits on. Yeah, looking, <laughs> looking like uh, 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 new kids on the block in like 1992. Yep, that'd be cool. It, it would be great <laughs> if they actually started singing one of their songs at first. Yeah, <laughs> just start out, just yeah, acapella. Me, me, me. <clears throat> right, yeah, that'd be great. And then just on a whole stage and just rock it. That'd be so cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> hey, I'll start taking the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame seriously with uh, if they're going to start putting in like hip hop and stuff. Until I won't take them seriously until they induct uh, Kid and Play. Kid and Play. Oh man, the, there there's no the, no two people had a had a, a 
as great of a four year stretch as they did. <laughs> uh, Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think Kid and Play would be, you know, what they what was the movie? What they in a movie? Uh, House Party. House Class Party. Act. Yeah. Class yeah. Act was the introduction in the movies for uh, Polly yeah. Shore. <laughs> oh, jeez. And Polly Shore, we all know, is a national treasure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, son in law is the best, man. Oh, yeah, it's a great, <laughs> great movie. Great movie. It's awesome. Me and my brother in law used to crack up watching that movie. <laughs> I still watch it. it it's it, good, it man. Matter, it doesn't matter what, when it's on. I, I, I'll watch it days in a row. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> uh, uh, one, of the, one of the movies I can definitely watch over and over is Grandma's Boy. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. That's I, the best. I got it. So I bought it on DVD years ago and I was watching it in the basement. My mom's like, well, what, what, what are you buying? I'm like, no, nah, nothing. I said, it's just a, you know, it's just a comedy movie. I have never laughed so hard. I'm trying to be quiet. Cause she's like, Oh, you know, thought it was a bad movie. This or that. I'm like, no, it's fine. When he goes in there and he grabs the pan out of the oven and just, I was just thinking up. about that. Oh my God. <laughs> Hilarious. I am just crying. I had to pause it and turn it down. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm definitely getting in trouble for watching this. Like, come on. The, the line, the line right before he, he puts everything in the oven is <laughs> he's looking around the kitchen. He goes, of course you don't have a microwave. She's fucking a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And he slaps everything on a tray, spaghetti on a tray. Spaghetti, yeah. <laughs> I start reading like the behind the scenes stuff, and then when I find out uh, uh, Nick Swarson, uh, when they were getting ready to do that uh, that that sex scene in there with the with Grandma, and to find out that the actress actually had her her, her husband and son <laughs> on set that on day set. when they were getting yeah. ready to film it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. You know what though? She was a great sport doing that part for that in that movie. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, I, I just thought that was great. So good. Uh oh, yeah. So so off the top of your head, what eighties or nineties movie has the best soundtrack? Something that you could just just listen to and and not skip a song. Um I for me, I, I kinda like uh Actually, I have it on my uh, Apple iTunes. Is um, oh man, it's a vampire film. Um, Lost Boys. Aaliyah was in it. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, Queen of the Damned. Queen of the yeah, all great right. great okay. soundtrack. Yeah, wow, that's a that's yeah. a good one, dude. I haven't seen that movie in. I come out like two thousand. Something like that. Um, no, I think I want to say it was late nineties, wasn't it? Was it? I, mean, I could be wrong on that, but uh, two thousand and two. Um, okay, uh, all right, I missed it Never a little bit, it. but yeah, it was close enough. Um, Good sound. All right, but definitely a great soundtrack. Yeah. Hell yeah. Eighties um, and nineties. Um, well, I might have to take a little was, more time to think about that. Nothing really enough. pops into my head, but it's close enough. If if what. Uh, how about a anything know. with Kenny Loggins on it? There you go. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about uh, you guys? Watch, I know we're a little off topic for this, but or you guys watch Archer? Yeah. On yeah. FX. Oh man, Danger Zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loves that loves that it. song. He says it constantly. Kills all the time. Awesome. All right, Randy. Where where can they uh, find you to check out some of some of the stuff you've done? Uh, check out check out you know, on Facebook or anything like that. Um, well, I have my uh, Facebook page for my studio business, which is Pen Metal Audio Productions. Um, and uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's just Randy L. George with Favorite Riff Fridays for my YouTube videos. Um, and then my website. It has some of the things that I've worked on. Uh, it's penmetalaudio.com. Um, eventually, on that website, I have uh, obviously my services for mixing, mastering, recording, but also um, there's an event page that I recently created. Um, and I was actually going to be putting together a uh, metal show um, 
in Ambridge. And um, I kind of just, I kind of just stepped away from it just because of what's going on with, with COVID again and everything. So um, that's kind of on the back burner, but eventually I'll be producing some shows, some live shows as well. So hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. If you, if you need a couple MCs, you know where to go. <laughs> hey man, you know, maybe we'll open with that sometime, man. Yeah. We can, hell yeah. Might, we might actually uh, work out, man. Yeah, for cool. sure. Absolutely. All right. It so go, a- go check out uh, Randy George for Brandon Parks. I am Josh Tenney. This was the Guys Weekend Podcast. Good night. Hell yeah. Thanks a lot, guys.